If you're thinking about moving to Western Philadelphia suburbs, AKA the main line and Peggy beside me, as you can see, is gonna tell me what the main line even means and where that is. Uh, or you wanna know just what it's like there or want a vacation there. This is the episode for you. I have Peggy right beside me, realtor with BHH, Berkshire Hathaway Home Sales, Fox and Roach. And I just realized my F is lowercase there, but that's all right. Uh, with Perfectly Fox Roach. <laughs> Realtors in the main line, and she's going to tell us what it's like there. This is Want to Move There, the show giving Central Pennsylvanians the info they need to decide whether they want to move to another area outside of Pennsylvania, or if you want a vacation there, you can find out what it's like, and you can meet an awesome tour guide. That's why I like to have Realtors on the show. They are awesome tour guides. They always know everything about a place, so even if you don't need to buy or sell a home, if you're going somewhere and need a tour guide, reach out to a top Realtor in the area. Uh, I am Derek Bixler, uh, host of the show, Realtor of 15 years. I grew up on the hill, went to Mechanicsburg High School, go Wildcats, and went up to Penn College of Technology in Williamsport for college. I've been back here ever since, had a few sales jobs before I started selling real estate 15 glorious years ago. If you need to buy or sell a home, please reach out to me, call me, text me, email me, throw a rock through my window, send a carrier pigeon, whatever you need to do. Uh, we still need inventory pretty badly right now, and Peggy's going to let us know what it's like in the main line. And it's dying down slightly for buyers, so if you're a buyer, still a good time to get back out there and look. I just put an under, I just got something signed up right before we came on air, Peggy, uh, a townhouse, and we had six offers on that one. So we're not quite the 20 to 40 offers that we would have had maybe six months ago or a few months ago, but still a good market out there, uh, but a little bit better for buyers, whether you're watching live or on the replay, a reminder to ask a question in the comments or tell us where you're watching from. Uh, if you're one of our clubhouse friends abroad, Portugal, we've got friends all over, Peggy. Um, so tell us where you're watching from, everybody. Um, or if you have a question or anything, ask a question. If we don't see it during the episode, we'll come back and address it later. Uh, and another reminder that replays are available on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, all the places you want to consume your content. If it's not there, let me know. It has to be there. And actually, Peggy, it's even on Twitch. I don't know anybody else that's going live on Twitch, but we're going to be on Twitch. We're the first real estate podcast on Twitch that I know of. So um, check it out there if you want to check it out there. In between your watching of other people play video games, I don't even know what Twitch is really, but I, I, I'm putting it on there. So whatever. <laughs> so now I'm going to stop and I'm going to bring in Peggy. And I just realized uh, I didn't have you proofread that line there, did I? So I'm going to try to find your one that is correct. There you are. Okay. And now I'm going to stop talking and bring Peggy in. Um, I'm going to read your bio a little bit, but say hi to everybody while I look up your bio. Okay, so I am Peggy Julisher. Uh, uh, that was a great intro, but you got a lot out there. I'm going to go a little slower because I'm new at this. Um, thank you for having me here, by the way. Uh, I love where I live and where I work and where I play. So the fact that I get to be the one to share it, um, I'm, I'm grateful. So thank you. Um, so I am in the Western Philadelphia suburbs market of Pennsylvania, same state as you, uh, just a little stretch down the turnpike, right? Um, so it's the area is referred to as the main line and it's the main line because, uh, back in the, I would say the mid 1800s. Hold up, Peggy. Hold up, Peggy. We got to back up. We got to back up. We got to do some background on you as a person. I don't want to hear about the main line yet or the real estate or anything. So I got to read your bio and then okay. we're going to talk about you as a person before, cause I want to know you a little bit. And if anybody's reaching out to you, we want to know Peggy. So I'm going to read your bio here real quick and you can, uh, and then we'll talk about you, um, and your background a little bit before we get into the actual main line. Uh, you did grow up there. So you're born and raised in the lower main line, it says in your bio, in Berwyn, 
Uh, you went to Conestoga High School, uh, you went to college, your favorite color is cranberry red, so you got really specific there. My favorite color is red, but it sounds like you like a, a kind of a darker hue of a red. That's correct. Nice. Yeah. Cranberry red, and that's perfect for this time of year. Um, and your favorite food is pico de gallo. It goes with everything. Tell everybody who might not know uh, what pico de gallo is. It's like a chunkier version of salsa without the salsy sauce part. Ah, so I like that. I didn't even know. I, I kind of knew, but I didn't know that's a good explanation of it. And I think I like pico de gallo way better than salsa myself. Hank, this is what I was. There's my husband. I told him, don't come in here when I'm recording. And this is what I told you. So we're live. And <laughs> the only rule is you have to wave and say hi if you interrupt a live. So no, not going to get it from Frank. That's all right. Well, one of my things in here is to tell everybody that you do have kids. You have five. Holy cow. Good for you. Um, and you are married to Hank, not Frank. I said Frank. It is Hank. And your hobbies are tennis, walking, crafts. And you used to be uh, used to be travel, but COVID changed that. Yes, I guess COVID did change that for everybody. But it's getting a little bit better now, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's still a little hard. Uh, three of my five kids are out in California. So the travel part, we used to travel together. Now that uh, they're grown kids, they've kind of planted themselves in different parts. And so to visit them is more about my travel now than anything else. Gotcha. So. And you grew up in the lower main line. Like I said, when you were a kid, did you like selling things? Um, were you in debate club? Did you play sports? Tell me a little bit about growing up. Well, I, I actually was the upper main line because it is divided between the two. Actually, I'm going to ask him just to please. So it's just, just distracting me. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so I grew up here since I was five. I went through the Trudeau-Fernese Town School District myself. Um, I have three siblings, and so I kind of followed in their path. My sisters played volleyball. Um, I played a little bit of that. I think uh, maybe two years I played lacrosse. Um, I, but, you know, for the most part, I just had that free-range kid experience where I'd ride my bike anywhere. I'd go outside and play for hours. And my neighbor would tell me it was time to go home for dinner because your mom called. And, you know, those are the days you could just free range float for hours outside. We didn't have the electronics and the things that are keeping us inside. So I, I feel grateful that I grew up here with that, that freedom. Um, you know, as a kid. So, yeah. And I, and I didn't um, go af anywhere after college. I stayed still local to this area. Um, you know, I still love it, still live here. I'm not going to say how many years later, cause I'm of medium age and then I'll give it away my age. <laughs> <laughs> so when do you, did you, us kids that used to play outside when we were little before all those things, like you said, did you have to go home when the streetlights came on or what was the rule in your household? You know, I just had to come home for dinner, but, you know, we didn't even have a watch. So it was like, what, when is the sun going down? And, you know, that's different in the summer versus the winter. So some cases it really took, you know, neighbors telling the kids that are in their zone to go home to their zone and check in with their parents. <laughs> <laughs> and did you do any extracurriculars in high school or anything like that? Band, yeah. soccer, you know, debate we, club? Yeah, Conestoga had a, a band, a marching band, and I was one of their flash flag people. So I'm always known to like grab a stick and still twirl it around like the old days. 
Color guard, I think they call that, right? Well, color guard's the bigger flag. We had the smaller one. We were, I think, I can't remember exactly what it was called, but it might have been the flash flags. <laughs> oh, that's why, that's where that term, huh, a flash flag. I'm going to look that up then. So did you have two of them or still just one? Two. 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 Huh. So you were like an airline attendant or whoever uses flags yeah, like that. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> that's fun. Um, and then when you came out of college, what did you start doing before you became a realtor? Well, actually, I was first licensed in 92. So I did not go right to college out of high school. I kind of took classes off and on locally and um, decided that I wanted to get into real estate, actually. Um, so my, my husband now, boyfriend then, um, was working on a project in uh, Ventnor, New Jersey, where he bought an apartment complex and converted it into condos. So I was very intrigued by that whole experience of how you convert that, how you want building construction side, design uh, side, uh, the design elements of it. But what was most interesting to me was the realtor relationships that uh, he established uh, through who was going to be representing him to sell them how they presented the open houses, how they ran through contracts with him, um, whether, uh, you know, the buy side activity. And, you know, from that, I was like, that, that seems very intriguing to me. So just taking that back to my Pennsylvania side, I looked into it. I went through Poli Associates is when I took my first class. And, and at the time that I started, we were only representing sellers. And, you know, so we had sub agency, but it was always very confusing to me why a buyer did not have a buyer agent. Right. So that came later and made sense. Finally, that we had buyer agency established and uh, I'm grateful ever since. But yeah, so that's that's where I started. And, you know, I'm still here. My main focus is residential real estate. And I don't think I would want to do anything else. And did you say Hank was into real estate investing? Did that is that what you said when you first met? Well, him? his his main background was athletic surface construction and uh, manufacturing of different materials. He was known for turf, synthetic turf, thinking where kids play soccer and, and football fields and uh, and such. But um, he'd also dabbled in some real estate projects. We had at one time owned an industrial park. We had um, a commercial. Um, area that was like a swim and tennis club for a while that was then converted to indoor soccer and outdoor soccer. So, uh, yeah, so just dabbled in a little bit of real estate all across the spectrum, actually. Still do or no? Uh, not at the moment, no. Um, just slowing down on what his world is doing. And I am ramping up more by presence in real estate and, you know, just like you exploring and getting more out there. Uh, Cause you know, it's one thing to be a hyper local agent, but people move across the country. And so to have yourself have the opportunity to get out in other spaces and network, but also share your area is really, really important. And I, and I just never focused on that before until recently. Yeah, it's a great thing to do for sure. So you're you're working hard and he's just walking in and out of people's backgrounds of their videos while you while you try to work. That's what Hank's doing. 
all during COVID, right? When we were in the lockdown and I was sitting right here doing everything all day long, like anybody else would be doing. And he'd be walking behind me and taking this phone call and the dogs would be running behind me and, you know, crazy, but that's, we live and we work, you know, side by side here in this house. Yeah. Got to do what you got to do. Right. I yeah, even, right. I keep getting these Instagram ads for these little, they're called, they're little rooms. I forget what the company is called, but it's like a room. It's a piece of furniture. It's like a room you can set in your room. It's got walls and you can get it with glass or not. And there's seating ones. There's like a living room one. There's a little like phone booth one. There's an office one, Great. but it's only like four feet by like eight feet or something. But it's this tiny room you put in your room. looks awesome actually for people in tiny houses or any kind of situation for that. Um, so let's get in. I know we got to do this somewhat quick because you got a settlement that was rescheduled a bunch of times or something to get to. So I'll keep this moving. First, we need to tell everybody where the main line is. So I'm going to share my screen and bring up a little map and you can kind of tell us on this map where uh, where the main line is. So can you see my screen there, Peggy? Not yet. I still Not see yet. you. How about now? There we go. Okay. Right. Yes. Yep. So now so, we can see that's the big white area is Philadelphia and we're going to the west, right? Yes, correct. You're going almost directly west with a little bit of an arch to it. But yeah, I mean, we're the tri-state area. We're the Delaware Valley area. So we're very hilly, uh, flat, but also, um, you know, roads are winding, let's say. So there's not very few straight lines around here. Um, but yeah, so the main line is Western Philadelphia suburbs. And can I now explain where that uh, the history of it? Yeah, well, let's uh, drill that down a little bit because I'm not even familiar or, or quite clear on it yet. So is like Drexel Hill, is that going to be it? Or are we going further, south, further west? That's south of it. Okay, that's so we're south. talking about like Ardmore, Bryn Mawr, Haverton? Yeah, right. So Wynwood is pretty much the start as a suburb of Philadelphia, right? So from Wynwood, Wynwood, you would start going west to Ardmore, to Bryn Mawr, to Villanova. Think of the Wildcats basketball team, uh, to Wayne, and then travel to Berwyn, Devon, Paoli, and then Malvern, where my office for Berkshire Hathaway Fox and Roach is located. Gotcha. So the main line, is it actually referring to Route 30 there? So Route 30, right, that original road was called Old Lincoln Highway, and then it became Lancaster Avenue because it was the pike that took you from Philadelphia to Lancaster. And now it's just more or less known as Route 30. Gotcha. So what does the main line, quote unquote, refer to? So it started in the mid-1800s. They, they um, created a train line that would bring commercial and people from Philadelphia to Pittsburgh. And in doing so, they realized the benefit of having a few stops along the way. In that, in that it brought people out of the city for summer estates, for uh, summer living. And, you know, even the some of the most affluent people moved out of the city or had their summer estates, their residences there. And that created their own little culture bubble world where they needed all the support for that. So just suburb after suburb, train stop after train stop, um, it became known as that main line. And it's divided between the upper main line, which is more Western and the uh, lower main line, which is more Eastern. And where I am in Malvern is actually the upper main line. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Now I'm understanding a little bit more. And you can see here, I zoomed in here, there is the train, which pretty much does follow Route 30. So the main line is pretty much, it's it's refers to that train line, obviously, but Route 30 pretty much follows it. Um, so that all makes sense. Um, and now I understand a little bit what the main line is. And now that we've beat the location to death, <laughs> Let's talk about what you've been try trying to get to, the climate. What's the weather like there? Obviously, you're in Pennsylvania, probably similar to here. We're somewhat in a valley. You said you're in a valley as well. Clouds tend to come and sit here. Um, do they do the same thing there? Is it overcast a lot? Yeah. I mean, we, we have fair four very robust seasons, right? We're just about to enter into probably one of the most beautiful seasons, all that fall color foliage that... It's just so picturesque and you know it's one of those things that people miss when they move out of this area is that that change and transition from season to season so yeah we can get the brutal cold of winter we can get feet of snow as opposed to inches of snow or or, or winter where they call it an indian summer where we didn't have any snow so it's unpredictable unless of course you try the farmer's almanac and do your best to forecast but it's not always accurate and then we have you know the spring and the summer and the summer can be brutally hot you know we've got that humid humid hot feeling it's a little bit un more uncomfortable than maybe the same temperature out west so but what but i wouldn't change it because you know just i love the change in what's coming and during the transition of it all so we get very cold and we get very hot <laughs> I agree. I like it too. And the smells change. Like right now in the woods, the smells of the leaves, it's just, it's this thing that brings you and it even brings you back to, to past times walking with your parents when you were little in the leaves or something like that. Um, things like that, that you lose when you're in a place like Florida, we were just in Florida for that meetup and I couldn't wait to get back here. I mean, it was nice there. It was fun to see everybody, but the wet, I'm not a hot weather all the time person right now in fall is, is the best time here in Pennsylvania, I think. And spring too is pretty awesome. Yeah, waiting for the flowers to bud, that anticipation of it's coming. Yeah, and when I was young, I never really noticed any of this stuff, but the older I get, now I really pay attention to the seasons, and I can tell, like, the leaves fell earlier or later last year. Right. Or the the right. buds are, they, that was earlier or later last year, and you kind of tell the differences. So you're somewhat similar to here, people in central Pennsylvania, as far as weather goes, and for anybody coming from out of the area, like she said, you're definitely going to get some snow. We don't get a ton of snow in Pennsylvania, but we do definitely still get snow. Do you get freezing rain? We get a lot of sleet and freezing rain. Well, then, you know, last February, we had a, a month worth of snow. Uh, we had snow that would then sleet and ice a layer on top and then some snow on top of that. And I can't tell you how hard it was with snowblowers to get those. I finally had to call, you know, a plow. Because I'm, I've always liked to shovel the snow myself. My family is from North Dakota, Minnesota, Montana. So I do not fear snow. I'm out there just gradually going at it. But when we had, like as I said, feet of snow, that's, that's backbreaking. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but yeah, the combination is the worst. Yeah. And we tend to get that like 18 inches of snow. Just when you think it's over, like end of March, like April 2nd, all of a sudden we're gonna, we didn't have anything all winter and now we're getting three feet of snow in the first week of April. It seems kind of weird sometimes like that. It's my dog's um, favorite time of year, really. He loves the snow. Yeah, the fluffy snow probably likes better than the icy snow, but uh, you gotta deal with what you gotta deal with. So what's the landscape like? You said you're in a valley. Are there mountains and hills? Is it kind of similar to central PA? 
Yes. I mean, it's, it's, uh, we're in a valley, so we do have our version of mountains like Valley Forge Mountain is in Valley Forge National Park where Washington had his encampment. And, uh, and, and, but it's really not that much of a mountain. It's not, you know, you're not going to go skiing on there, but, you know, 30 minutes away, you can go skiing at Spring Mountain, uh, you know, for some short term, couple hours here or there, great starter mountain to learn how to ski. Uh, so we have a little bit of everything around here. Yeah, we have Ski Roundtop, which is similar. It's if, if you got to ski, at least you have something. Um, and it's fun when you're growing up in high school, the skiers, we would go up there every Thursday or whatever the ski club night was. And it'd be like our high school versus the other high school. Is it that close to things where you would, how far is it from like where you live? So that's only about a 30 minutes, but we go an hour to two hours and you've got all those wonderful Poconos mountains go four hours and you can be in New York for some of their mountains. So yeah, skiing is a, is a, is a hobby around here that you can do off and on all winter. Nice. So you have the rolling hills, you have some mountains, nothing huge. We're obviously same here in central PA. We've got some mountains, but no big mountain stuff. It's not like Vermont or Colorado or anything like that, but definitely hills, definitely more than Florida. <laughs> I was, I, again, there, there was no shade. There's no trees. There's no hills. There's no, no hiking. I, I, not to downplay Florida. It's nice if you like hotness, but um, I like how we have it here. We have creeks, we have rivers, we have uh, not necessarily big lakes, but we have this uh, area called Marsh Creek, which is in Downingtown. It's probably about 20 minutes and you can, they have, um, uh, you can use electric boats. You can do the, what is the, when you stop paddle boarding, but it's the windsurfing with the, with the, the paddle board, but with the, the kite kind of, I forget what it's called, but the, you know, kids can do that in the summer. Um, in the Phoenixville area, there's um, a, what they call locks and there's an area where you can rent paddle boards and kayaks and you can canoe around. Um, so you can, there's a lot of, a lot of adventurous things to do around here. It is called windsurfing just so you know, and it is quite dangerous. I've been looking to get into it. Nobody offers lessons here. And when I looked in forums, everybody says you have to get lessons because it's very, because these things are picking you up tens of feet off the ground if you don't know what you're doing. So um, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so what is the commute like if people are living out there? Well, first question, I guess, is where do most people work? Are they working in the city and commuting out to the main line or, or what's the deal? You know, a com combination of all things, uh, because we're two hours south of New York City, we're two hours north of D.C. There are people who have lived here, raised their families here and commuted there when needed. Um, you know, so a lot of people work in the city, but out in our area, we have a lot of corporate and regional headquarters. QVC started here in the Westchester area. So, um, but, you know, think of um, Tasty Cakes. That started around here. Toll Brothers started around here. Um, Campbell's Soup started around here. Comcast, Xfinity, uh, DuPont, uh, many um, investment firms like Vanguard. So there's a lot mixed in and it's, you know, not every one way of where somebody works is the same. So the commute that also plays in, you know, it was great during the pandemic, the roads were clear, you could get anywhere real quick, but now we're kind of back to, um, you know, congested highways, but there's still a lot of like hybrid working. So it's not, you know, the, the craziness from the four to six thirty that you just, you know, struggle, and plan accordingly. 
And thanks to Waze, you know, you can now find the back roads and that we have a lot of options with that. So um, commute is not necessarily a huge focus anymore, even when somebody's coming in looking into the area. We do think of a proximity, you know, so that it's convenience, but not necessarily the challenge as it used to be. And could people take like from where you live, could you take a train into the city or, or anywhere along that main line? Is that a commuter train line as well? Exactly. So even from the Paoli train station, and I believe the Bryn Mawr train station, you can get on there. It might make a stop a few places along the way, like 30th Street, but you can take it all the way to Penn Station in New York City and not have to get off. So that's about two hours. Oh, wow. And then does that end up in Harrisburg at the Amtrak at our station? Do you know? You know, I believe it does because uh, I know I don't know if it's the exact same R5, but I know that I've uh, put my kids on the train in Paoli and my sister who lives in Maryland picked them up in Harrisburg. So, yeah, it does go straight there. Yeah. And I think I've gone in high in college. I think I've gone to Westchester before because we used to go to Westchester to party. I think I would take the train there. It didn't take you right there. I think I had to get somebody to pick me up a little bit, but um, yeah. Yeah, because the girl to guy ratio at Westchester was awesome. And at Penn Tech, it was the complete opposite. So it was like eight to one at Penn Tech, and it was like one to eight at Westchester. So yeah, I think every Westchester weekend. It's known for their, I think, their nursing school. Yes, yes, totally. So we were always at State College or Westchester visiting friends on the weekends. So that's funny. Okay, so the commute's not bad. You have all that stuff going on. A lot of people are are staying at home. So that helps a little bit with the commute and the travel and everything. And you have the train there, which you can get into the city. And I'm guessing a lot of people don't even work in the city. There are other office centers and places where people work. So I'm guessing they go other places as well. Um, you mentioned a few of the big industries around there. It's what's Philly? The, is it second biggest city in the U.S.? Is that what it is? It's close to that, I think, at least. Yeah, don't, don't quote me on that right now. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I think it's, as far as population, I think it's it's at least in the top 10 biggest cities in the U.S. So it's a huge city, and it would make sense that a lot of uh, corporations and places um, make their headquarters there because there's people to pull from, it's close to ports, it's good travel and everything. Um, and you named a few. I like the QVC because a lot of people don't know that QVC headquarters is right outside of Philly there, um, and you can take tours. I actually got uh, my aunt-in-law, ex-aunt-in-law, we got her uh, tickets to take a tour of QVC because she loves QVC. All our Christmas presents always come from QVC. So we got her a tour. And then King of Prussia, which you didn't mention, but I want to mention, um, is one of the, is a huge mall, probably the biggest mall in Pennsylvania, maybe one of the biggest malls in the country um, right. is near you. How far would King of Prussia be from from the main line? From where I am right now, it's about 10, 10 minutes. And it's also right at the conversion of all major roadways. It's very close to 422. It's very close right at 202, where it also meets uh, the Schuylkill Expressway, which then meets up with the Pennsylvania Turnpike. So it's very strategically located. And yes, at one point, it was one of the largest um, shopping centers in the country. Um, and then it was second to the Mall of America in Minneapolis. So yeah, we've got this whole live, work, play lifestyle here going. Yeah, and then you mentioned Campbell's Soup, which I'm, you said it was founded there, I think. I'm, I'm assuming they still have a presence there. Um, and then, uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, Comcast. Comcast is obviously huge. It's probably the biggest cable company out there. And now they've merged with NBC Universal. Is that correct? Yes, from, yes. 
And it's yeah, also yeah. known as Xfinity as well. Yeah, and that's headquartered in Philly. Right, correct. Yep, one of our tall buildings, yep, making our, our skyline. But hey, you and I still have to have that debate. Wawa or Sheets? Because this area is home of Wawa. Well, let's let's debate it. We don't even have Wawa. We would have to drive probably 30 or 40 minutes east to hit a Wawa. Um, so you're hitting a nerve here. But um, <laughs> so you do have Wawa. Do you have any sheets or rudders at all? No sheets. Um, there are some. Uh, there's another one called Royal Farms. That's out of, I think, Maryland. And it's been kind of creeping into Pennsylvania. But Wawa started around here. It's grown huge uh, between Pennsylvania and Jersey, but it's also gone south. For a while, it was just as far south as Virginia. But now I've heard that there are even Wawa's in Florida. So, huh. and, and Wawa's it, are like the 24 hours with the touchscreen food and everything. Yeah, I mean, you, some of the some of the best and quickest and easiest and healthy food and snacks. Yeah, and gas and but their coffee. Yeah, their coffee is the winner. Yeah, I like Rudder's coffee is actually my favorite coffee over Starbucks or anything. So I, I could see how Wawa might be good coffee because they, and it's way cheaper. It's like a dollar a cup and Starbucks is like $8 a cup. <laughs> and then in the summer they have their Hoagie Fest. It's also one of their famous uh, you know, sandwiches and, and uh, summertime uh, promotions. Huh, that's cool. So hit up Wawa when you're in out west or anybody. We all go to the Jersey Shore, so we're all familiar with Wawa and passing through Philly or, or going to Philly itself or whatever. Um, so you mentioned a few things to do. Obviously, you have this hoagie fest that Wawa puts on, but what else is there to do? Uh, I'm sure there's a ton, but maybe name a few things that come to mind that people, maybe if they're visiting, should definitely check out. Well, we're, we're rich in history, too. So I mentioned Valley Forge National Historic Park. It's a huge park. There's tons of walking trails, but they also feature um, some events where they uh, recreate uh, some of some, some scenes and uh, they dress in period costumes and they have a museum. Um, goodness, there's there's so anything from um, visiting, as you said, QVC to you know, the King of Prussia Mall experience, um, which right there, there's also one of those sky zones. Um, and I mentioned that you could you could even just take a day and go paddleboarding, canoeing on the Schuylkill River. Um, uh, Phoenixville has a downtown area that has just grown uh, from from being um, an in, oh, not an industrial. It was I forget what it was known for. It's terrible. I forgot what it was known for. Um, a steel town. It was a steel town and. It kind of went through, uh, not 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 abandoned, but um, a, just a period of was just no growth to it. And then I would say about 20 years ago, it really started to grow. So they have restaurants, kind of like a pub crawl town. They've got gas lights. They've got, um, they close the streets off on Friday and Saturday, and they have walking events all summer long, Friday and Saturday nights. So those are fun to look forward to. We have our own fairs uh, that that take place in the summertime. So there's, I mean, there's there's a, a ton of things to do. You can look on. There's the lots of museums downtown too, aren't there? Like arts museums and history and all kinds of well, big museums. museums. I always yeah is is, is well known. Um, and actually, the Barnes Foundation used to be out in our mainline area with all of that collection of artwork, but that believe I believe was moved back or moved to the Philadelphia Art Museum. So yes, we do have 
um, a lot of uh, museums and we have a lot of colleges. So I said, I said Villanova, a lot of people like to attend their, their football and their basketball games as well. Yeah, tons of colleges. And if you include Philadelphia and the whole area, I mean, you could name colleges from here to, to infinity. Uh, what else? Penn is downtown. Villanova, Westchester, like I said, um, all kinds of satellite campuses around too. So that's, yeah, it's present here. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a big part of the economy, actually, probably uh, colleges and, and higher education and everything. Um, you mentioned the history of Valley Forge and all that stuff. Uh, you mentioned the museums and the fairs. I was going to ask about that. Um, do you have like breweries outside of the downtown Philly? Because obviously they've got everything, everything. But outside of there, kind of like more in the mainline area, are there like breweries and all the crunchy stuff that I, I call crunchy stuff, the vegan, the distilleries, all these crafty things that are coming up everywhere? Yeah, so I, I said Phoenixville has that uh, sort of pub crawl town feel to it. Yes, there are a bunch of uh, those restaurants that are there. I'm more of a wino, so I'm sorry, everybody. I don't have all the uh, distillery names, uh, but you could definitely look up Phoenixville. They have um, a lot of great restaurants down there that feature some homemade craft brews right around here. Awesome. So Phoenixville would be your your bed if somebody wanted to get to that kind of stuff without going into the city. Phoenixville would probably be your first uh, suggestion. That's a definite live, work, play area. Yes. And it's a little bit more affordable being a little bit off that mainline uh, space right there. Yeah. A little bit better of a value right now in Phoenixville. Sounds like you need to do uh, some what you get for the money episodes and what life is like and pros and cons of Phoenixville. Right. Yeah. I'm going to be working on that. Look for it. (laughs) So driving vacation, we need to talk about flying vacation and driving vacation. So if you're driving on a vacation, where are you going? I obviously said we all go to the Jersey Shore. You're even closer to the Jersey Shore than we are. Where do you guys, where's the go-to driving vacation spot? Well, so yeah, I would say the Jersey Shore, but you know, you could even take a weekend and and go to the Poconos, you know, do the, the, not, if you don't ski, you can cross country ski, you can snow tube. You can get to uh, one of the places that we took the kids growing up, we would go to Williamsburg, you know, as we loved seeing the history, but then they also had the fun theme park down there as well. And you can get right into that. uh, uh, I think it's like Virginia beach area pretty quick too. So yeah, we drive all down the stretch. I've even been been known to drive straight to Florida, straight to just put the kids in the car, grab our suitcases and, skip the airport and just have my car and get down there and say 16, 17, I think it's 16 hours to Orlando. Yeah, that sounds about right. And it's like 24 hours to Key West. I've done that drive a, a couple times. I will not do it again. Although those drives are always okay on the way there. Cause you're like, yeah, let's get there. And then on the way back sucks. It's the worst drive ever. This was the biggest mistake of my life to drive 24 hours back home. Yeah, it's about nine hours to the Outer Banks, um, Myrtle Beach area, and about nine hours to Ann Arbor, Michigan, and about four hours to Boston if you wanted to go up to the the Cape up there. And I'm glad you mentioned the Poconos. Uh, People outside of the area might not, they may have heard of it, 
But the Poconos, there's tons of stuff. There's racing and race cars to watch. There are resorts everywhere. I like that it's kind of a time capsule. If you go to these old resorts that were like the bee's knees in the 80s or whatever, it seems to be the 80s when they were built. I've stayed in a couple where it did not change one iota. The whole place was straight out of the 80s. They still even had a phone with the dialer with the, <laughs> the thing on it was the phone for the desk or whatever. It was crazy. So it's fun to go up there and you can ski, but also in the summer, like there's an indoor water park at some of them. Sure. A lot, well, a lot of lakes down there too. A lot of lakes. So, you know, you can get that sort of summer like beach side, but not with crabs biting your toes. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then the last thing before we move on to what people can get for the money there is uh, if people were flying somewhere, if we wanted to fly to Florida rather than drive that 17 hours or whatever, uh, where would they fly out of? Philly has a hair, uh, airport? Philly, yes. That's an international airport. And the I think the hub is it's American Airlines there, but they do have other... Um, airlines coming coming through. And would that be your airport of choice? Because here in Harrisburg, we've got the Harrisburg airport, but you might choose to go to Philly or to New York or to DC or, or everybody has kind of their favorite airport. So do you usually use the Philly one or do you have something else you like? If you want a direct flight, you got to go through Philly. Yeah. If you're not into changing planes, which that's not my favorite thing to do, especially if you're dragging kids and you're trying to get somewhere with a purpose, a direct flight is the best option to go to Philly, yes. Gotcha. And it's obviously really close, 30 minutes to get there, something like that? From where I'm sitting, I I plan 40 minutes uh, to account for maybe a few time delays with traffic or what have you. But I've been able to get there in 30 minutes on a good day. Nice. And you also have, how, how far would BWI be? Would that be the next closest big one? About an hour and a half. Yep. Baltimore, okay. right. Yeah, yeah. That's mine of choice. If I'm not doing Harrisburg, I usually try to do Baltimore just because it's not as doesn't seem as crowded or definitely not New York. Those all suck. And the D.C. I don't like either. Right. Right. And we if we need to go international, we'll look at going to Newark. Because you can take uh, you can take the drive up there and park your car or you can even take a train there. Yeah, I never even think about Newark. Huh? Yeah. For pricing for international. It's worth investigating. Out of, uh, if you're going to be going anywhere to consider that airport as well. Huh. Good suggestion. So what, uh, our last question before I let you go, we've got about four more minutes so you can get to your settlement. Um, what are people going to get for the money there? Um, I used to say, what do you get at this price point, this price point and this price point, but just tell us whatever you want to know, maybe start with like an average or median price point and then go from there. So this is like a loaded question because there's so much here from single family to townhouses to condos and even we have a few co-ops. So depending on what you want and where you want to live, that price range can drastically change. So, you know, a house like mine where I am versus uh, the same builder, same model in a different school district is about a $300,000 differential plus or minus. So it's hard to say for 500,000, you could get just about anything, but depending on where it is, how big or how small, how updated, or is it all about the location and not about the home itself? So that's just such a broad, hard to pinpoint when we're in a tri-state, tri-county, and we we focus on school districts and different townships, and with that brings about different even taxes, school taxes, 
local municipality taxes. So it's all it, it's a, a varying answer. But yeah, for those of outside of Pennsylvania, most a majority of our real estate taxes is taken up by the school district uh, tax portion of it, um, which is which differs per uh, school district and can differ a lot, actually. Um, so that is something to look at, not because the school district is better or worse, but because of how you're being taxed on it, you might want to look at it. So for that 500, uh, say where you are, does that what does that 500 get you? Is that a three-car garage? Are you stepping up to the 3,000 square feet three-car garage? Or are you still in a two-car garage? Yeah, you're about a two-car garage and probably about plus or minus 2,000 square feet with maybe half acre or less. Uh, and then if you went a little further uh, into maybe a different school district, that might only get a like carriage home community HOA with either a one car garage or maybe two, maybe about 17, 1500 square feet. And then do things get more expensive the closer you go to Philly? Is that kind of how it works? Correct. That's correct. Closer to the main line and towards the city is a higher price point. And then you start to go west and you fan north and south out. You can get a little bit more for your money than when you're right along that main line. Just the demand is there for the convenience to get wherever you want to go. And then as far as new versus old construction, when I was Googling images of the main line to put in the thumbnail, it was all uh, kind of classic old stone mansions and that kind of thing, kind of uh, like know, stone man, old mansions. Yeah. So, and you said you're in a new construction, so people can choose from both. There are those old kind of grown in, in town stuff, and then also new construction a little bit further out. Right. So the more traditional is the Pennsylvania farmhouse and various versions that builders have done over the years. Um, and we also have a lot of split levels and Cape Cods. Um, but th what's interesting to see is how people are updating them to more modernized uh, looks with more open floor plans, because before it was more about entertaining spaces that could be separated from other living areas. So we are growing a little bit into more modern uh, building and uh, remodeling ideas. Um, but so we have a mixture of everything. We even have a lot of a contemporary with big picturesque picture windows. That was the style of the 80s and becoming more popular now than they were in the 90s. You know, trends change. I'm seeing a lot of shiplap now as we go through homes. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm over the shiplap. I'm over the subway tile. I'm over the gray barnwood floor that nobody was ever fooled that it was old barnwood. Um, <laughs> I'm over all those things that everybody loves. Um, hopefully it changes a little bit soon. I like those old houses like you're talking about, but they are somewhat antiquated as far as use sometimes with the floor plans and things. I do um, appreciate it when I see a con like a converted updated home that they kept original floors or they kept some original architecture because it just it can blend well and not be forgotten you know we have a lot of history here we have a lot to you know keep keep intact so that we can remember what what things were how things used to be built yeah 
Oh, uh, with, no, I won't comment on how things are built now. Some things are built great, but a lot of things are not built that great, frankly, right now. Definitely not stone by stone. Um, that's not happening unless you're spending millions of dollars, which leads me to my last question. And I know we're two minutes past the time I said I would be done with you. So we'll do this quick. But last question before we move to the end is uh, for that million dollars, if somebody has a million, two million to spend or so, what are they going to get for that? Are they going to get like a few acres and a a 4,000 square foot house or, or somebody has a million dollars to spend, what are they looking at? You know, it's, it's also, again, one of those crazy, crazy questions. Cause if you want, if you have a million dollars and you want to be in the Malvern, uh, Radnor hunt area, equestrian area, it, it'd be hard to get enough ground to have a horse on. Um, but if you were maybe in the Phoenixville area, you could get 10 acres, you could get a five, 6,000 square foot home. Um, somewhat updated or complete more newer in construction um yeah you could a million dollars could get you even even a townhouse in wayne above some of the shopping centers and that's could be a two or three bedroom so again it can vary depending on exactly where you want to go and how much space you need yeah and i'm what i'm learning here when i talk to more people that live near big cities is it, there's a big variation and if a lot of times you have the same pricing as here and you can get kind of the same thing for the money as here it's just it's a little further out and then the closer you go it gets smaller and smaller till you get to the efficiency apartment downtown for 12 million dollars or what i know that's not it but um so I'm, I'm getting more familiar with how big cities work uh and how the pricing in big cities work and now, do you have anything else to say on price or anything? Sounds pretty affordable and similar to here. It's a range. We can find you a home. Basically, what you call home and what you have to spend, we can find you a home. Oh, no, I lied. One more question as I look at my notes. <laughs> HOAs, do you have HOAs, gated communities, golf courses, all that stuff that they have in Myrtle in Florida? We have that and 55 plus communities. And we even in the, in the King of Prussia area, there's now this sort of live, work, play town center and they even have co-ops there there are some other places that have co-ops that's not as popular here but it exists so there's a little bit of everything here awesome and now the last question which you said you were having a really tough time coming up with an answer for but i'm going to force you to come up with some answer for it um if you could do anything else other than being a real estate agent what would you do or what would you be you know i I've been a, a residential solo real estate agent for so long. I've worked for myself. I don't know if I could say that there's something I wish I would have taken a different path on. I, I, I love people. I love contract administration. These go hand in hand and I love doing it independently. Uh, maybe a little bit of a control freak, but, um, but I enjoy the relationships that I get and I get to know my clients. They become friends. So, you know, long after we settle, we still stay in touch. And so that's why I love the relationship component. I don't know where I could find that so easily. Like I grow here and renew relationships and build new relationships. So I, I love being a, a you know, residential real estate agent. 
Yeah, you're right. There are a few professions that mix so many different things kind of in one profession that give you all those things, the contracts and the people and the relationships and all these things that you named all in one package. I was trying to think of a another profession that would have all those things, but there is nothing else like being a realtor. An attorney might be the closest maybe to it, an ongoing relationship that you're trying to, an accountant, but it's even they, they don't take texts at 1 a.m. and work 24 hours a day and access all the time. So I don't, I don't even know what would be the same. We are professional problem solvers because no two transactions are exactly alike, right? We don't always know what's going to happen, but we really work hard at troubleshooting. And uh, yeah, so one of the things I say is I'm a professional problem solver. <laughs> yeah, I put out fires for a living and you're going to go, you put out a fire already this week and now you're going to put out that fire for good. Uh, and you have to leave right now to go do that. I think so we will end it out, but say all your information that I have up there scrolling aloud so that people that might be listening audible later, uh, can hear it. So I'm Peggy Joelsher. I'm a residential real estate agent in the Pennsylvania, Western Philadelphia suburbs market with Berkshire Hathaway, Fox and Roach in Malvern. And if you want to call me, I'd love it. Um, 610-890-7700. And it's Peggy.Julicher at FoxRoach.com. And all this information and PeggyJulicher.FoxRoach.com is her. Wait, PeggyJulicher at blah, blah, blah. You can see it in the description. I don't know why I'm blurry right now. This whole episode I've been blurry and it's been distracting me and pissing me off. But oh, well. <laughs> all you have to do is search Peggy Julicher. I put myself out there in all ways. Awesome. Yeah. If any realtor can't be found, then they're doing something wrong. They're a secret so, agent. Yeah. Feel free to reach out to Peggy or hit me up if you need to sell here and then I can connect you with Peggy so she can help you find something there. Um, and can you help people get Airbnbs and rentals like if they were moving and needed something temporary as well? Oh, absolutely. And you know, one of the things I didn't touch on is that we have some of those PGA, senior PGA, women's golf events. And a lot of people have been known to rent out their homes during some of those those uh, time periods, even to the golfers and the, the, the guests coming into town. So yes, we do have a variety of Airbnbs and VRBOs. Awesome. Yeah. Places like that always, especially in college towns, like in Penn state, we used to go up there to watch games and we would get an Airbnb that it was just a student renting out his apartment for the weekend that would make 300 bucks for going and staying with his friend for the weekend and renting it out to us. So it was but you cool. do have to check with your local municipalities because they've caught on and tacked on some rules and HOAs are now very uh, aware that they happen too. So you can't assume you cannot do it out of the gate, but it does happen and check with your landlord. And if it's student housing, you definitely should be checking. I think we stayed in a student house and housing one before. We were like, whatever, I don't, if they don't care. Well, we weren't the ones renting it out, so we didn't care, but um, all right, everybody, I'm gonna close it out. She has to get to a settlement. You can see her information there. Information is also up or down in the description, wherever it is. Feel free to call me, text me, email me, throw a rock through my window, send a carrier pigeon if you need to buy or sell a home. Um, thanks for watching and listening, everybody, and we will see you next time. Thanks for being here, Peggy. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Derek. Appreciated uh, sharing my mainline area with you all. Yes. And now I know what the main line is. So um, next time I take a train, I'm going to actually look out the window and watch it as it goes by. So Thank say you. goodbye to everybody. See everybody. Bye-bye.